0: you are excited as much as I am. The school year is ending and summer is here. Let those arms out. All right. So we are continuing in our June series. Who remembers what our June series is? What about fathers? Fatherlessness right? Father's Day is upon us, coming this Sunday. Um, and what we want to do is we want to share a testimony with you from one of our leaders. I'm going to call up Jackie. Here she comes.
1: Thank you. What's up, Elevate? Oh, what? Come on, what's up with this side? Elevate? Come on, you guys, let's be, let's be connected, okay? Um, bro, can you guys even see me with this? All right, I'm going to just stand in the back here. Um, so I'm here to share my testimony, you guys. As many of you guys know, we're, we're in the subject of fatherless, right? I honestly never considered myself being fatherless because I did have my father with me. Um, but there's a big difference between having your father um, that educates you, your father that's always um, encouraging you and just being, being the father that we look up to um, and I know at this age, you may got, you guys might not have a clear understanding of what a real father is and what he has to do for us as, as, as our age right now. But um, at that time, um, I, was, I was a little younger when, I, when all this happened, right? Uh, my dad's been an alcoholic since since I was little, since I can remember. He's always been like the joke of the family, and I'm pretty sure you guys probably have an uncle like that, or you guys probably know somebody that's like that. Um, when, once I describe him, you can you can kind of, like, I don't know, imagine, like, how my father was. And um, just just a side note here, you guys, when somebody's up here, nobody else talks. Let's all be respectful. Because one day you don't know what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come upon you. And the Holy Spirit is going to make you do a lot of things. And you're going to be up here telling your story, too. So so let's give the respect to that person. At this moment, it's me. But at any time, right, if anybody is up here, let's give them that respect. So um, as I was saying, I can remember my dad being drunk ever since I was little, right? Um, some of the things that would always impact me. And it's crazy because it's like you want to go back and you want to think of all the good things that happened in your past. But all the, all the things that I have in my mind are not the best, right? They're not the best about my dad. Um, I, I I can remember my dad being the joke of the family. Every time we would go to parties, he would be the one to bring all the beer. He would be the one to take the leftovers of the beer because he wanted to take them home and drink more. Um, he would he would be you know the the guy to flirt with other women in front of my mom. He would be the guy to flirt with even. Even relatives, because he didn't know that we were related. And, and th- that's the thing, you guys, when you're not conscious, when you don't know what you're doing, you can you do really dumb things. And and we were little, right? All, all, we, did, all we did was stare. We couldn't really do anything. Um, when my dad was doing all that stuff, uh, my mom was also, you know, very distracted because she wasn't receiving any love. She wasn't receiving any attention from my dad. He was always doing his own thing. And, um, when he, when he started doing all these things and just like being, he was unfaithful to my mom way before she was unfaithful to him. When he, when she started being unfaithful, that's when I felt like most of my household was broken, not because I decided to do all the wrong things, but also my brothers, as soon as they found out, you know, what was happening, it's really crazy because I knew the whole time that my mom was being unfaithful. She was telling me everything that she was doing in the, in the back because, I don't know, I guess she needed somebody to talk to, you know? Like, that's how broken we were all. Like, she needed somebody to talk to. She would talk to her daughter, and that was me. I was there at that time. And, and since we were, we were so, um, well, I felt so broken, and I, and I left. I was at the age of 21, because um, I'm 26 right now, you guys. I'm old. But when I was 21, I left my household for that reason, and I left with the first person that showed me love. Right, and this person, I was with this person for about three years. I was being abused, um, you know, physically and just verbally. I didn't I felt really bad of who I who I was, but I will always seem tough. I will always make this like tough face, thinking that I, I can take it, I can handle it. Right? Um and I couldn't, you know, it really broke me. I lost who I was, I lost who 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 this person came out to be. I was I was so independent all the time. I always wanted to do things. I had my own apartment at 18 years old. I had my own car. Like, I was doing it. I was fine. And then to find out my mom was doing all these things, it led me to just fall in love with a guy that wasn't even, you know, a man himself. And for me to do all that, then it was just like I was broken. I was really dumb. I made really dumb decisions, right? Um, And there's a lot of things that I could say that I was ashamed to say now and and all that though, all, all that that um that I had to go through is what led me to Christ. that's why I, that's why I ended up here, man. That's why I was like, I need hope, I need a reason, I need a reason to live like I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know where I'm going anymore. Um, but I want to share a couple scriptures with you guys because it's the story might not be, be impacting to you at all because you're not living the story that I am or that I lived, right? but you have your own story, and and with each story that you have, there's something that uh, other people would not get to experience, but there is something that we can all get connected with, and that's the word of God. The word of God tells us, and he gives us promises, and these promises, we can all get connected with. We can all understand. We can all experience, right? Your dad might have not been an alcoholic. Your dad might have not been there at all and i might not be able to identify but with god we could identify and i want to show you what what that looks like so if you guys want to turn to your bible to to first samuel 10 chapter 10 verse 6 to 7 because this is what happens when you give your life to jesus this is why your life transforms this is why the person that did, you know, that was drinking, was smoking, sleeping with different men and, and doing all these things, that's why this girl transformed. This is what the word God says. The spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these, th- once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever, you ha- do whatever you hand finds to do, for God is with you. And this is not just a promise to me. But it's to all of you guys. And But when I read this, I, I took it for real. I was like, God is with me? God is with me in everything I do? And he is, and he was. You know, many times when I wasn't saved, I can, I can go back to my life and be like, man, God was there at that time through the suicidal moments, through those moments that I felt like I was, you know, I was all alone. I would sit outside of a Catholic church at three in the morning crying because I didn't know what to do. So it's like, God was, with, God was with me, man. How many things could have happened to me while I was walking at 3 a.m. in the morning, right, in the dark? And, and God protected me. And it was many, many times where he was just there, even though I had all these, all these bad thoughts in my mind, being attacked by the devil. Um, I want to show you guys what the love of God is. And If you guys want to turn to 1 Peter 1.8. Because this is, this is what transforms your life, getting to know who God is, getting to you know your real father. Uh, you know, my dad, My dad. I love him. I love, I, you know, he's still with me. I still see him. I still talk to him. I love my dad. But he, he. it could have been different, right, if he was saved. My house could have been different. My mom would have still been with him. There w- we could have been a full family. So 1 Peter 1.8, it says, Through you have not seen him you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an, in, an acceptable and glorious joy. And that, that is what the love of God is, right? When, when you get to experience that, it, it breaks you, man. I never knew what love was. I didn't understand it. I thought love was kind of like if you give, then I give and we'll be equal. But I can't give no more if you don't give no more, right? And, and I think most of us have that type of mindset, um, and I want to end with this, with the scripture. If you guys want to go to Joshua 24, 15. Um, because right now you guys are standing here, and I don't know what your lives are about. I don't know what you guys are, are deciding to do or anything like that. But let me tell you this. God is so faithful to me. He's brought me up to this point, right? And God is faithful to you. He has brought you up to that point where you're at right now. So I want you to recognize, I want you to look around and see how blessed you are. But be- besides how blessed you are, there's, there's a choice that we make to see it, right? Because the sun comes out to the wicked and to the good. And so when you get to see the, the sun come out, you, you have a choice and say, yes, I'm excited. I can take this day over. I'm going to work, whatever the case is. You're going to school. And then and you, to, you can see it in another way, like, man, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to go to school, you know? Tired and lazy, okay. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. You get to choose to look at the day you want to you want to you want it to be, right? But as I go with this, I made that choice, right? I I grew up with a broken family, I grew up with seeing all these things and having to experience all these bad bad emotions. But you're you're here today, you guys. You're here today hearing a testimony of somebody that went through it. And now you have the choice not to go through it. Do you understand this? You could be that woman of God. You can be that mother. You can be that father. You don't have to make your children go through it. And you know what? That's, that's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw shade or condemnation, but that is a condemnation towards you because you will make that decision. Day by day, who you are and who you choose to choose and follow, you will become. So you, you choose today. You choose today to follow God and be that woman. It might be hard. It sounds hard. Whatever the case is, you guys have no idea. Being in SUM and getting getting to experience how our church disciples you, you don't get that around in different churches. We disciple you. We love you. We encourage you. We want to hang out with you. Like, take advantage of this, you guys. I don't know what other church you've been to, but I promise you, it's not like this one. So, Make the decision today, and this is our, our last scripture that I have for you, because I have made that choice. In Joshua 24, verse 15, it says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the ad, I can't even say that word. Ephorites? Euphrates, Or the gods of the Emirates? In whom land you live, right? He's talking about like the Asian gods that they used to live. Okay, but it says, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And that's my decision. My decision, my kids would not get to see that. They would hear stories, but they would not get to they would not get to experience that. So, you know, that's that's my that's my testimony for you guys that not just to hear it and be like, oh, what a beautiful testimony. No, gain something out of this. Gain out of all the testimonies that they're coming and, and being brought to you. You probably live in this life now. Make the decision. You don't have to be that person. You don't have to be that dad. You don't have to be that uncle because many of you guys have nieces and nephews. So um, at this moment, I want to pray out. If you guys want to just bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to pray for each and one of you. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for each, uh, each person that's in here, Lord We believe that you have a mission, you have a plan for their lives, Lord. I ask that that they they may take it seriously, Lord, that they may open up their hearts and understand that you are there and you are faithful, Lord, and they can make the change today, Lord God. Let them be the best uncles, the best fathers, the best to be, Lord, whether it's a mother or a father, Lord God. I just ask that they, they get encouraged by this and they take this seriously, Lord. So I thank you for all of this in your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys.
0: That was powerful, guys,
1: right? Just to
0: see a life changed like that. Come on, how many believe that lives can be changed? How many believe that Jackie's father's life could be changed even if he was 78 years old? Right, there is no age limit. Um, So today, I want to talk to you guys about forgiveness, right? Um, And I want to pray real quick. We We can't get enough of prayer, right? So let's pray again. Thank you, Lord, for this moment, for bringing us right here, right now, where we are sitting. We know that you have brought us here in your will, and we are willing. In your will, we are here, and in, we are willing to receive. We pray that our hearts are opened, and we are ready to listen and to apply what we hear to our lives. God, you are good all the time, and we will sing that out and rejoice always. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what I want to talk to you today about is that, first of all, forgiveness is something that we don't really decide about. Now I want to take a look, let's poll the audience as we should say. How many of you have not wanted to forgive somebody? How many of you have wanted forgiveness? Okay, so that looks about equal. Now, I'm going to explain to you guys why that's wrong, okay? Well, well that, that, that should be a different number there. So what I want to start with is uh, Luke 15, through 24, if we could have that up on the screen. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living, meaning he gave it all away, he spent it on things, right? Like when your parents give you $20 for the bus and you spend it on chips, that's what he did, right? After he had spent everything, everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now, I know that was kind of lengthy, but we needed some context for the situation, right? The son had, what was the son valuing? Someone shouted out. What did he value? He valued wealth, right? He's like, I need the money. I want the money now. Give me the money. And the father gave him all these riches, and he squandered them away until he was in need. Now, to think about that, this is a parable, meaning that the story represents things, right? The father represents who? Take a guess. God, right? God the father. And who might... You might... Think about it. Who might the son be, the children, us, right? So we get all these glorious riches on us. And sometimes when we, don't, when we don't decide to follow him, we squander them away, right? Like the person who has such a prophetic gift, but they decide to be in the world, right? Until we need him, that's when we go to God, right? We don't want to get to that place. We don't want to get to that place where we are just running on dry, just like this son was. He was empty. He was empty. He needed something to fill himself up. But the thing that we have to think about is, what did the father do to him? Did he go, get away from me? You're disgusting. You smell like a pig. Get out of my house. No, what did he do? Come here. Come here, right? God is compassionate. He's not looking to us just to look and see. Oh, look, he did it again. Now I can condemn him, right? He gives us the forgiveness. The father was ready and willing to take him back. But the son just needed to make that move in order to receive his forgiveness, right? He needed to make the move, just like us. We need to make that move to get forgiveness that will freely be given to us. And that son was lost, like we saw in verse 24. He was lost because he drifted away from God. He drifted away from the Father. And when he was found, it was because he came back. You know, everyone's so excited about that reckless love song. This passage is from that. Right before it, it talks about how he leaves the 99 to find that one. Do you see how it just leads right into there? That one can come back. You can come back. You can come back to the default of loving your father, capital F, father, right? Because his forgiveness is there, and it's a celebration when you come back. It's not something to make you feel bad. If you turn away and you come back here, it's not going to be like, okay, well, let's look at her differently. Let's look at him differently. No, you get the forgiveness. It is given to you. All you need to do is repent. True repentance, right? And when when we talk about this true repentance, we're talking about not coming to be like, sorry, I'm going to go do it again anyway, but sorry. Like, sorry, not sorry. Who knows that? I had a girl wearing that shirt today at school. said, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't come with that, Mm mm-mm, people think that's cool, that's not cool, that's unbiblical, that's sin, Mm mm-mm, you're not sorry, not sorry, you're sorry. You're sorry or you're not sorry, you're not both, okay? Neutrality is unbiblical, black and white people, we live in black and white, right? No lukewarm, either you're sorry or you're not. So you come truly sorry, right? Because you know that if somebody slapped you in the face and they came around and they were like, sorry, Okay, are you? No, you need to come with a heart of true repentance. And what that means is you want forgiveness. You want to change. You know that boyfriend that keeps cheating on you when he comes and he's like, babe, I'm sorry. He's not sorry. He is not truly repenting. He just wants to get back with you and get whatever you give to him. Whoop, there it is. Okay, so yes, come with that wanting forgiveness, not just to get stuff right? And the question is, you know, God is ready for us in that moment, right? He's waiting. God is always waiting for us to come back. He doesn't turn from us. When you feel like you're far from God and that God isn't watching over you, that's because you've drifted far away. That's because you've turned your back. Stop blaming God for things that you've done because you have crossed over, right? God, why didn't you tell me I was going away? Well, I did, but you weren't listening. You left me on scene. Right? Stop doing that to God, because He's given you all these signs, all these things that you're asking for to see, and you're just leaving it out there. Well, I'll pick it up when I'm ready. God is ready. God is waiting for us. Right? Why is God waiting for us? Does anyone have an idea? I see, some, I see some minds working, some gears shifting there. But let's look at 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Just let that simmer. Read it back for yourselves. Maybe reflect on it a little bit. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Our definition is not God's definition, right? You could be thinking, oh, this is taking forever, and God's like, no, this is patient. It's just like, you know, we had AOL dial up, so we can be really patient with how internet goes, but you guys get one little pinwheel, and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for this to download. I'm so impatient. Right? Our definitions are completely different, but this is different, right? God is patient with you. He does not want you to perish. We don't have a God who comes to condemn, to be like, you're doing wrong, I want to send you to hell. No, God wants you back with him in heaven. That's why he's sending people to evangelize to you. That's why he's sending people to get in your life. That's why he's stopping you from going to that party. That's why the bus didn't show up. That's why you spilled something on your shirt and had to go home. And yet you endure and try to get there. Turn it around and try to go to him. He does not want us to perish. He doesn't sit there like a magnifying glass on an ant but he's opening his hands to you because he wants everyone to come to true repentance. We have a living God who does not rain down fire, but freely gives us love. And Jesus was the sacrifice to bring us closer to him. Who believes that Jesus died and came back? All right. Some of you we need to talk to about that. But yes, he did die and come back as a sacrifice for us to bring us closer in order to get this forgiveness, right? We need this forgiveness. We need to have this because it can hold us back. Forgive Not receiving this forgiveness can hold us back. A great, a remarkable thing is you know, going back to Jesus. I want to kind of sit on that a little bit because I think some of you just raise your hands to raise your hands, right? Well, I'm in church, I got to say Jesus is real. Well, I'm in church, I got to say that he rose again. No, you don't got to say anything here, right? We're not forcing you. We're not going to push you down here and be like, believe in Jesus. You better repent. No, but we're going to come to you and wor- walk with you and work you through it. The thing with Jesus is that God changed the game for us, and we are such unwilling participants. We want to spectate and not get in the game, right? All the things that we do, forgetting about repenting for our sins and turning to Jesus, all we're doing is kind of spitting on that moment. Right? When you turn around and you want to curse, you want to punch someone in the face, you want to yell at your mom, you want to have sex, you want to do drugs, you want to get lit. You are pretty much spitting on Jesus at that moment. And you need to let that in your mind. It's not about, well, it's, this is me doing me. Well, what did Jesus do for you? And For you. Not the people back then, you specifically, knowing your name, knowing you were going to come. I want you to be able to receive the forgiveness from the Father, the Father, our Father. So you got to think about that today. What am I doing? Do I really want this forgiveness? You want to be forgiven, right? And all the patience God has for us in this time is something that needs to be transferred to those around us. I think it's easy to understand, like, yeah, I want to be forgiven. You do something wrong, you want to be forgiven, right? What about the people who wrong you, though? Because we have a problem. We have a problem of withholding our forgiveness. Remember that all the people who raised their hand, like, man, I want to forgive him. I don't want to forgive her. I'm just going to let them steam. You know, I'm just going to let them sit on it a while. Stop it. Stop it now. Stop it. Okay? Okay, again, stop it. It's a lie. It is such a lie. L-I-E. You will lie. It's a lie. Okay? We act like forgiveness is something you earn. Right? Like, you know, Marissa kicked me in the bathroom line last week. And I'm just waiting for her to come to me so I can forgive her. Nah, son. No. Marissa gets that forgiveness, okay? You give that to her. You don't, you don't own forgiveness. You know, you hear that thing about drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's exactly what you're doing. You're poisoning yourself. Holding back this forgiveness. Not wanting to tell somebody, I forgive you. Does it matter if they're sorry to forgive them? How many people say yes, that they have to apologize for you to forgive them? Ooh, look at you, look at you. No, they don't have to be sorry. They don't. Because what if you never see them again? You're just going to wait till you see them Again? But what if you die before you see them again? Then you're holding a bitter root in your heart. Right? Forgiveness is freely given while trust is earned. Don't confuse the two. Right? You earn trust while you forgive automatically. Right? You can forgive someone without knowing them. Right? Road rage. Anybody drive here? Or anybody with their parents while they drive? Oh, that's a fun one too. Right. Got to got to pray for some of your parents while they're in traffic or maybe talking, you know, waiting on the on the phone for somebody or just, you know, somebody's rude to you at the store. Right. What do you do? Somebody's rude to you at the store. Can you forgive them? Yes. Yes. You guys are learning stuff today. Yes. You can forgive them. Sheila I forgive you for not giving me my paper bag and charging me the seven cents for my plastic bag right Sheila it's okay I don't know you but I forgive you but am I going to leave my baby with you no I don't know you I don't I don't know you like that but I forgive you like that because you're my sister because I want you to rejoice with me in heaven right we want we all want to be there right let's forgive those people. Let's stop holding it. Those ideas are not, se- they're, they're separate. It's not like, oh, I got to know you to forgive you. And then thinking about just the people that we know. It's not that you're going to forgive your best friend more than you forgive your mom or the other way around. Like I said, we have this idea that we own forgiveness. How many of us own forgiveness? Forgiveness is not something that each of us, it's like Jeremiah's forgiveness is different from Jorge's forgiveness and it's different it's different from my forgiveness. Is it? No, it's all the same. It's the forgiveness that God gives us. Right? Love God, love people. Is it loving not to forgive somebody? Is it loving to hold something against someone like a grudge? Is it loving to take revenge? Because revenge is part of unforgiveness. You're like, I'm not, you're not sorry. I'm not sorry. So I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you back. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to let it burn in my heart when the fire of God should be in your heart. You're letting things burn in the wrong places, guys. Now, why shouldn't we hold back forgiveness? Let's look at Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm, That's good. That's good. Let's just, mm, that's good, right? Bear with each other and forgive one another. This is plainly telling you to forgive somebody. If you're sitting there and you're like, "Mm, I don't know if God wants me to forgive him. Use your comprehension skills. Yes. That's a yes there. There's no hidden meaning. There's no like trying to go through a fort and figure it out. Like, oh, it's Sudoku or something. No. It says forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance. What's a grievance? Sounds like a weird word. It's having a problem with somebody, a real or imagined wrong. Ooh, imagined wrongs. Yeah. What does that mean? Thinking about you see something that kind of goes down a certain way and then you're like, oh, I didn't like that. I'm, You know, she was being so mean to me. She was being so rude to me when you're making it up in your head. So you need to get over that. And I think that's something, too, is that we tend to dwell on these things, and that's why we can't forgive. We're just like, he keeps doing it, he keeps doing it, and I think about it every time I look at your face. just do it every time I look at your face. That's holding it. We're holding on to it instead of giving up that forgiveness. Right? You can't accept something if your fist is clenched. Like, hand me the water bottle. I can't pick it up. Well, let go. Let it go, let it go, frozen, let it go. Let's remember that song, let it go, okay? There are no ifs, ands, or buts in this verse. It doesn't say, bear with each other and forgive one another if they're your mom. It doesn't say, bear with each other and forgive one another if it's your sister. What does it say? Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any any of you, if any of you has a grievance against someone. That's anybody. That's especially people here, right? How many people know everybody here? Look around you. Look at some beautiful new faces. Maybe you know some of the people you're sitting around, right? But if someone from this side comes over and has a grievance against you, what are we going to do? What are we going to do if we have a problem? We're going to forgive, right? The key is forgiveness, right? Society teaches us that, you know, holding back forgiveness is power. You know, all the time, a lot of things we talk about or you hear in songs, it's about having money, it's about having power, Get rich, get famous. We had our yearbook come out, and a kid, their senior quote was get rich or die trying. All I thought about was, is it 2003, and what is this kid thinking? (laughs) Get rich or die trying. That is what we're striving for. What's the connection from what we already talked about? Go back to the son, the lost son. What was he striving for? Wealth. Someone over here keeps saying, wealth. I appreciate you, right? Love you. He was trying to get rich or die trying, but he couldn't get to the death part because he realized it was terrible. And that's what's going to happen to some of you. You're going to try and get rich, but you, f- you realize that you're broke. And you're like, mm, I don't really, I don't, mm, this doesn't fit. This doesn't look good. I can't, mm, mm. no. And then you're going to come back. But what is this idea that we have the upper hand, right? That I own you because I won't forgive you. And you have to come crawling to me and accept my forgiveness. Mm Mm-hmm. I own you. Lies. You are lies. All the lies. We are so deceived by lies that people are teaching us instead of going to God and hearing from him and hearing what he teaches us. And the thing is, so God freely gives, freely gives forgiveness, but you want to hold it. You're saying, I'm powerful because I hold back forgiveness. So what's God then? Come on, make the connection. Somebody shout it out. If we are powerful because we hold back forgiveness, God gives out forgiveness. What is he? You're saying he's weak. You're saying God is weak because he freely gives out forgiveness. But who's powerful? God is powerful. He is all powerful. He, is, he has way more power in his little pinky than you do in your entire body, in the entire bodies of your children, children's children, children, right? But you are saying that you are better than God because you can hold back forgiveness and have power over somebody. That's not true. You are not better. You are not better than God. You know, some, some people out here, some rappers think they're better than God. I know I'm talking about rappers a lot, but it's just, it's just on my mind, guys, because people are like, ooh, and be a young boy, yeah. I, I'm just out here trying to do right for my family. Well, do right for yourself and get your family together, just like Jackie said. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How about that instead of making bills? You know, I heard in a spoken word that rappers are like umbrellas on a sunny day, mouths open for no reason. Come on, guys. Let our words be words that speak life, and that life is, for, is a forgiving life, right? Now, have you ever had a friend who had someone do something bad to her, and the boy comes trucking along? It's like, Oh baby forgive me please. I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry that I saw that girl on Snapchat and was talking to her and didn't tell you. And she goes, "I forgive you. I forgive you." And you're like, "What? What? How? Why? What is wrong with you? All annoying things that you have nothing to do with. Right? Well, let's look because there are some salty people in the Bible, too. You know, not the kind of good salt, but the bad salt, right? Let's see what happens when that lost son's brother is like, hmm, I see something I don't like. So we're in Luke 15, 25 through 32. Meanwhile. Everybody say meanwhile. meanwhile. I like some of you how went meanwhile. <laughs> Next up in the Bible. Okay. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. What? So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him. He has him back, safe and sound. The older brother became, what did he become? Angry Angry and refused to go in. No, no, I'm not going. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. What does this already sound like to you? Jealousy, Jealousy, saltiness. He's kind of complaining. He sounds like a whiner, right? But when this son of yours, not my brother, But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Right? This angry little boy, or man, my son, the father said. Look how calmly he comes to him. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I know some of you are like, well, whatever. No. Just as much as we need to be able to give forgiveness, we need to understand why people are forgiven. Because it's not about us all the time. It's not about us. God is trying to teach us about forgiveness from so many different angles while we're still pushing it away. This son was angry. He was mad. Who thinks he had a right to be angry? That's like, you know, that kid who messes around in class and he finally acts good and the teacher gives him candy and you're like, you ain't gave me nothing and I've been good all year. I'm on honor roll. But this one came to us and we will celebrate we will celebrate that they're back. We should all rejoice when people get that forgiveness, when people come back. Because it's not about how you feel. God will forgive who he wants to forgive. Because who has the power? God has the power. God has the power. Right? Not, not I got the power. No, no. God has the power. Right? Sing that a little differently. So we're accepting these people back. But what about this older brother? Why why didn't he want to forgive his younger brother? Because he was full of pride. And that's a big one. And I think this is the key to this message tonight is pride. We think that it's weak for us. You know, um, talking to my brother one time, I was Telling him about, you know, you should teach your daughters, you know, Christian values, how to forgive. He's like, yeah, but I don't want them to get walked all over. That's not what being a Christian is. We have power that God gives us, and it's not weakness in us. It's strength to turn your face to somebody and let them hit you again. It's strength to not hold on to things. Because who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to make happy? You're trying to do it for God. God above all things. Even this little petty forgiveness, right? Love God and love people. Forgiving shows love. If God can forgive us for cursing his name, sinning against him, and completely ignoring him, why can't you forgive your father for leaving or for making a mistake? When you do something wrong... Don't you want to be forgiven quickly? Like you break something in your mom's house and you're like, Mom, I'm sorry. Mom, I'm sorry. Mom, I'm really sorry because I can't stand you not talking to me. Mom, I can't stand you grounding me. Mom, I want my phone back. I'm sorry, Mom. But then when somebody does something to you, you're like, hmm. How is that fair? It's not. It's you making something up in your mind. So humble yourselves. It's not all about you. Just because your dad left doesn't give you an excuse. It doesn't mean you can treat people poorly. It doesn't mean that you get to hold back things. We need to humble ourselves because I just keep saying it, it's not what you want all the time. We don't live in Burger King land. And anyway, that, that slogan doesn't make sense because they have a menu. Because if that were true, I could get pancakes. Just like I can get burgers at IHOP. Right? IHOB. Right? So, we need to remember that it's not my way or the highway. It's narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Who wants to be the few that find it? right? If we refuse to forgive, we will be fatherless, because forgiveness is a value of the Father. We cannot truly understand God if we don't understand forgiveness. How can we expect to receive something that we refuse to give out? What you are is being a hypocrite. You know, you want to say all these fake people, all these fake people, but you are as fake as plastic. You are a mannequin. You need to turn away because you want to know God, but you want to hold back forgiveness. You want to hold it, but no, we need to show love. We need to show this and stop, stop. We need to receive and give out. Because the forgiveness is so good, right? There's so many moments when, you know, you did something wrong, right? And you can feel, you can feel a tightness in your chest. And then instead of wanting to own up to it, you're like, push it away. They're wrong. They were wrong in what they did. But when you receive that forgiveness, the burden lifts off of you. You can breathe easier and you can move on. Just think about that for other people. Do you want to die knowing that you didn't forgive somebody or that you didn't go to get forgiveness? And that's the part that's with being humbled, right? That you gotta march up to somebody. I'm sorry. I truly am sorry for what I did to you. I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry for how it made you feel. That's humbleness because you're saying, I did wrong. How many people don't do anything wrong? Good answer, cause yeah, you go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, you do. Don't make it about other people when it happens. Don't be like, they just don't, they just don't understand. They're just too sensitive. Understand that you do wrong, okay? Is it okay? It's okay if you come with a heart of repentance, right? Don't just go around. I'm gonna be wrong. I'm gonna do everything wrong, right? So let's re- let's release it, right? Now, if we could stand in closing. We tend to keep blame on the person that we want to forgive. And what I say is you let a bitter root take hold of your heart. And bitter is sour and choking and the root stifles us. It's choking us out where we can't breathe. We can't call out on the name of the Lord. It's killing us. And what I want to share with you guys today is we're in this series of fatherlessness. And some people don't know that I don't have my father in my life. I haven't had my father since I was 10 years old. But you can even say when I was 6 years old. My father was ravaged by drugs. My father fled the city, I didn't hear from him till I was 23 years old. And at that time, when I asked, why did you never call me? And he said, you were never ready. And I said, how can a child make that decision? And he was like, what I had to understand is that I had to forgive him. I had to forgive him my father, in order to be standing here in front of you guys today. It's not about, it's not just about, it's not just about us. Because as I forgive, I open my heart more to accepting my father in. I remember I could never talk about him without crying. Why did he leave me? What did I do? It was things were so bad that the school had to be told don't let her go with her father if he shows up here. Call us because he threatened to kidnap me. He told family members I wasn't his child. His only true child was my oldest brother. But yet, how do I feel about my father? I love him. I love him. Could we have Lawrence come up to the keys, please? What we don't want to do is be pushed back. Pushed back just because we don't want to forgive. Has my father done terrible things? He hit my mother. He hit my brother. He would grab me so hard by the arm and go into my face as a four-year-old and just look at me till I had red marks on my arm. But I forgive him because I have the sweet love of Jesus. And I have been forgiven for all of the terrible things that I have done in my life. Because you want to say, well, Ashley was never in a gang. Ashley didn't live a crazy life. Well, Ashley was broken. Her heart was dead. And she was ready to give herself to anybody that would say, hey, what's your number? She was so broken, she thought she had to find her father in other people. I needed forgiveness. And then I needed to forgive to move on. I did not want to forgive an earthly father that God provided for me. Is it God's fault that he misstepped? No. That's on him. He fell into a life of sin. Could he have been amazing? Yes. The thing I want to say is the other day... I received a friend request from my father on Facebook. Am I gonna ignore it? No, I'm gonna accept him in. I'm gonna let him back in. Because I want him to, the, to know the sweet forgiveness of God. And who's gonna teach him about that? Me. You know, everyone kinda laughed at the chant we did at the beginning. You know, that God taught me song. Everyone's like, that song's lame. But think about it. What did God teach me? That I'm going to teach my father. That I have already taught my mother. I don't want them to perish. I am patient with them and I, were, I will bear with them. Because I. there was a grievance there. So I want us in this moment to close our eyes. And I want us to search our hearts. I want you to search for any unforgiveness that you have in your heart. It could be your father that you need to forgive. It could be a family member. It could be your teacher for giving a bad grade on your report card but search inside yourself right now. And also if you need forgiveness, I want you to humble yourself to that point saying, I need to be forgiven. I need to accept love. I need to receive and let's be still. When you feel that you have that thing, that one thing that you want to forgive, that one thing you need forgiveness for, I want you to lift your arms up and imagine a string in the center of your chest pulling it's pulling out because it's unraveling. That forgiveness that needs to be let go, let it go. Let that burden that you've been holding on to be let go. Let it out. If you want it out today, start shouting out to your savior. Jesus, I forgive. Jesus, Jesus, I forgive the ex-boyfriend who used to push me. I forgive the ex-boyfriend who used to yell at me when he was drunk. I forgive the ex-boyfriend who used to smoke weed in my presence and yell at me. Jesus, I pray for your sweet, sweet love.